Episode 196 for September 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Scarlet Spider number 11. And this one, Kane takes on Carnage in the Microverse. And the cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for just a buck eighty-five, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. And uh, we're going to tackle reviews now. Uh, we've got four issues. We didn't do reviews last month, so we're going to tackle the Morbius Lizard story and Alpha Part 1. Let's wait. Can't wait for that one. Uh, I'm doing a little thing differently with the reviews with the show. What I'm going to basically do, uh, each person, uh, well, not each person, but uh, a person has been assigned the main review, what they thought of it, they give their two cents, and then I'm going to open it up to the panel. We're going to do a pro, we're going to go around horn and, and have people list their pros and also their cons, and then I'll go around the bin and give a grade. I think this will speed the reviews up just a little bit more. We're going to try it this month and see how it goes. Uh, we're starting off with Amazing Spider-Man 689. Uh, Morbius is hopping in the background uh, behind Kirk Connors and a passed-out Spider-Man dragging through the sewers, written by Slot, Kevin Coley. Kevin, tell me what this one's about. Um, okay, first off, I'd like to say that I am pioneering this new form of review, so if it's too long, too short, or just plain prison ass, feel free to tell me. <laughs> anyway, I've jotted down some bullet points here I wanted to talk about from the issue. Um, okay. I thought the Kurt Lizard, whatever we want to call him, um, Kurt Connors' body, Lizard Brain, uh, manipulated Spider-Man and Morbius really well in the beginning to make Morbius look bad. Um, it was when... You know, he's he's making it look like, uh, oh, look, Morbius is smelling blood. Oh, he's what's setting off your spider sense. I thought that was very clever. Um, I enjoyed the Kurt Lizard looking for the proper human response to seeing his dead son. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, Spider-Man displayed his characteristic inability to give Morbius any slack. If you read this issue and thought, hey, Spider-Man's being a little bit hard on Morbius. He's not giving him a chance. That is exactly how Spider-Man's always been. One of the most frustrating things for me in the 90s Morbius series was Spider-Man pretty much just punches Morbius instead of ever listening to him. Um, okay, now last time we had a podcast, I mentioned Billy's corpse because the lizard ate him, okay? He ate his son. And somebody, I believe it was Don, challenged me saying, well, we didn't see that necessarily on panel, and, you know, uh, we don't know what it might look like. I'm going to say right now, in this issue, we see a corpse with meat and hair on it. And in the very next issue, Kurt remembers, or the lizard remembers, 
eating Billy alive. He says, I ate him alive. And I would point out that in the sewers, there were a bunch of just bones around from the people he ate in the sewers. So I still maintain, I'm trying to redeem myself from last month, that body should not be there. We should have a pile of bones, but uh, whatever. Um, Random. Very tiny thing. I found it odd that uh, little Uatu, when he was, you know, having his vampire hunter stuff on, compared himself to Buffy. Wouldn't you expect Blade? <laughs> not real and Blade is. Buffy's it's kind of an outdated reference, and Blade is an actual badass vampire hunter in that universe. But whatever. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how... I've been talking to people about this. I don't know how Kurt slash Lizard made the blood that he got out of Morbius' refrigerator gaseous when he poured it into the air vent. He's just pouring blood into the vent... And on the other side, we see this red mist coming out of the vent. <laughs> that is not science, friends. No, I don't not. know how that happens. <laughs> um, my favorite line That's... from the issue, considering three issues later we get Alpha, is Spider-Man saying, No kids, no partners. From here on out, I do this alone. Mm-hmm. Waka, waka, waka. Catch some foreshadowing. I don't know. From here on out, I'll do this alone. I don't know when he didn't before. Maybe it's a Silver Sable reference, but, you know, that won't last long. Uh, I enjoyed there was an ASM number 101 reference, um, because uh, talking about Lizard and Morbius and Spider-Man's six arms together before, and there was even even a nice uh, image recreation in that that was uh, really great. I appreciated that. Um, For some reason, when Kurt Slash the Lizard saw Uatu as Billy... Uh, if you look at the art, it appears he gets the runs from that. <laughs> I'm not sure what that reaction comes from. Uh, uh, I really hated some... I, I had an example in this issue of the kind of dialogue that I hate in comics, which is when a character is alone and talking about what they're doing when we can see it plainly. Uh, the new Madam Web has just gotten a premonition, and she's about to... She's, like, getting on her clothes, and she's about to go, and she says... Move before it's too late. Have to find Parker and warn him. Did anybody not assume that's what she was doing when she was getting on her clothes and getting out of there? Dude, slot rides yeah. like that all the time, like it's 1971. I know, and that's. I just wanted to call, bring that out because I thought it was a perfect example when I talk about worthless dialogue that doesn't help the story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought the Limery growth was cool on the lizard. I, w- I groaned at Max Modell being turned into a lizard with long hair. Eh. Um, that's that's all my bullet points. I give the issue a C because uh, I thought okay. it was an equal mix of pretty good and not so much. Pros of the book that uh, Kevin hasn't mentioned already. Anything anybody like to talk about? I actually <clears throat> I don't I don't know how you guys are going to respond to this, but I actually like like Kevin said I like Spider Man's anger all throughout this story because while an easy thing would to say is like well it's forced and Spider Man's angsty and all that stuff and you could say that. But I feel as though this this is ideally coming like literally the day after Ends of the Earth, and because of his stress, you know, thinking that uh, Silver Sable is dead, and like you know, the, he's trying to save people's lives. I find it very believable, um, and he's he's not going over the edge. He's not resorting to killing people. He's just trying to do the best he can. He's just in a very bad mood, and at at no point through the story do I have a problem with how he's acting. Um, I guess I guess that's what we're not now. Um, that would be my pro for this issue. My con would be. Oh, we're not doing cons yet. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Doing cons yet. Uh, Chris, any pros? Well, I would just. <laughs> I I think Kevin hit on it, but I did think um, the uh, sort of contrast between Connors' behavior and the lizard talking. I had, I had a weird 
throat thing. The lizard talking in his head was pretty funny. Um, like when he's like, what's the proper human response for this? Ah, flailing limbs, wet eyes, and mewling. You know, and you see him doing that, and everybody else is getting played. You know, I, I thought that was the most enjoyable aspect of this issue. JR, any pros? Um, I, I, for the most part, I liked the part where Spider-Man had just about had it with Morbius. I mean, I, I, you know, it was like, uh, I, I liked his lines, you know, when I'm done with him, he's not going to resemble a vampire living or otherwise. And he's not going <laughs> to re- resemble anything other than a big blaze smear on the pavement. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Josh? <laughs> I liked, uh, this was a fun issue to read. Um, you know, it was, uh, there was... Most of I had little problems with it, but this is the pros part. But you know, generally, it it was okay. I'm along I'm along for the story. I don't have any general comments. Like I liked this story choice. Story. Choice. All right, cons. Uh, Jr. I think you're going to mention about the, the Madam Web <laughs> premonitions. I bet what I don't do even need to. You've already done it for me. And I, think, <laughs> I think there's a worse offender in another issue. So yeah, that oh, part yeah. sucked. Move on. Any other cons, Jr.? <laughs> no, actually, that was the that was the the thing that primarily moved what had been a fairly positive rating to a mediocre one. Yeah. Uh, Don, you you had t- started hitting up your con. What what was your con? Well, as much as I like the, the Spider-Man's attitude in the story, I don't like the contrive. It's it's you know okay. So Morbius puts you know blood into the air conditioner. Um, BS science turns into smoke, which is clearly visible, and people can see it's pink smoke. And then Spider-Man starts attacking Morbius. No one questions like where does smoke come from? Clearly, this turned Morbius. They just ignore that for story purposes. That was lazy. Well, to defend the artist, how would you convey? Because uh, we're talking about vampires, so give me some science on that a little bit. But how do you convey as an artist the uh, scent in the air? Well, you could at least have like – I don't know. Like like Lizard could at least have an inner monologue. um, They won't see it or smell it, but it will only affect Morbius biology. Uh, Like something – some explanation, not, you know, clearly visible, vibrant, you know – uh, hot pink smoke, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, Morbius turned out of nowhere." Ah. <laughs> Chris or Josh, any cons that you? I'll, I'll make a I'll make a comment, and like I think this is a con, but it might not be. I just it might be an observation that this story disregards um, Paul Jenkins's The Lizard t- Tale from continuity pretty clearly. Uh, but then again, that. That might be like praise through faint damnation, if that's a uh, <laughs> yeah. if that's a way to put it. But like in that story, the lizard's tale, it was revealed that all along there has only been one personality in Kirk Connors' head, and that's just Kirk Connors, and he was basically faking being the lizard or being a different person when he was the lizard, so that he could have an excuse to sort of vent his frustration. And you know, now in this story, he's like clearly there are two different people in this guy's head. And they use different um, colors for their caption boxes, and he's definitely a different person. So I, re- I remember reading back on JR's uh, uh, articles about that the year that got published, and he said, you know, maybe this story should just be disregarded and forgotten, and looks like he got his wish. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I think that story has been uh, ignored by every lizard story since then. Yeah, that's true, but I mean, this one really ignores it. Like, this can't happen. Yeah, I think Shed did, too, though. I think this just follows the example of Shed, which was 
this is the the lizard brain and the monkey brain is gone. The Kurt Connors persona is gone. I, I feel like this is just building off of what was done before. And Chris, when I was reading this, I thought of you. I loved your line several podcasts back about, you know, this new modern Spider-Man doesn't ask questions. He just starts punching. And he does that with Morbius again in this well, issue, doesn't he? the difference here is that Morbius is actually hurting somebody. So, you yeah. know, it makes sense. Like, the last time Morbius appeared, which was in whatever point, whatever, like, um, <laughs> you know, like, he, Morbius was just in his lab doing stuff, and Spider-Man was like, oh, oh God, it's Morbius. i got to kick his ass now. But, but you know, this time, like, Morbius is, like, right about to kill somebody. You know, his fangs yeah. are actually in her neck, so, you know, it's, it's all right with okay. me. I give you that. Uh, Josh, final con for this one? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me ask you a question. What is Carly Cooper's position? Does anyone remember what her job is? She was a medical examiner, but now she's apparently a detective. I think she's a crime scene investigator. She's a CSI, like, yeah, lab person. And all of a sudden, it's just... Uh, who was it? Well, what's that girl's name? Sajani. She's like, don't worry, I called the cops, and I specifically asked for Parker's girlfriend. Ooh, she's not his girlfriend. But <laughs> the only reason why Carly's there is because she's an established character that we know. But she's a CSI person, you know. You're not going to send down that person to make the arrest for the lizard or something. Like, uh, uh, Carly went from having her specific job within the police to just being like, now she's like Jean DeWolf. She's the cop that All shows up. When you need a cop in the story, and it was just like, I kind of, I'm not a Carly hater, I'm not like, oh, why are they trying to shove Carly down our throats, because I don't think that's what they're doing here, but it was a really lazy way to bring her in, just to have Sajani say, yes, I called the cops. In fact, I specifically called Parker's girlfriend for no reason at all, you know. (laughs) Well, and they called her Officer Cooper. Do you call a CSI tech officer? I might be getting all my police knowledge from Dexter, but uh, I don't think those people are actually, like, police officers. But oh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. It's not yeah, I think like... if, I'm, if I'm remembering my CSI TV show knowledge correctly, I've seen, admittedly, like, five episodes total. Didn't they work with police officers so the police officers could make the arrests and stuff? Are you saying she's Hill Harper? It's not like yeah. when you for a massage and you can like request a certain masseuse you don't call the cops and be like hurry there's a vampire loose here oh can you send officer cooper (laughs) (laughs) that's the best that's the best right there (laughs) (laughs) they don't request the bullet like there's my my brother's a 911 dispatcher no it's not how it works and 911 how can i help you i yeah i need uh peter parker's ex-girlfriend down here please Uh, we've got a vampire yeah this Saint Burger okay. King, you can't have it your way. Oh, that that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, let's go around the horn for grades on this one. Six eighty nine. Kev, you gave it a what? C? I gave it a C. Okay, Jr. C plus. Uh, Chris. B minus. D minus. Wow. No, B uh, as in boy. Oh, okay. Uh, Josh. I give, it, I give it a B. It was a fun story. The art was good. And Don. B minus. I will give it a B minus also. The Morbius fan gave it the lowest grade. <laughs> uh, six ninety. What? what six ninety. Yeah, I'm ahead. All right, Spider-Man on the cover got Morbius by the seventies uh, panels, and uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of lizard people in the background. Again, same team: Slot and Kevin Coley. Uh, let's see who's got this one. Bertoni, you've got six ninety. Start us off with this one. 
Okay. Well, in this issue, uh, as Spider-Man is beating up Morbius, you know, um, and clearly winning the fight, but isn't stopping punching him, Madam Web shows up and says, uh, hey, bad stuff's going to happen. Oh, and uh, don't feel bad about Silver Sable, because she's kind of still alive. But <laughs> What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, Unbelievable. It's happening. Connor's going to the different, uh, what do they call them, the, like, the different think tanks, and he's trying different things with the cures and turning different uh, Horizon Lab members into lizards. And uh, all that's happening, he's discovering like the joys of being human. I- I'm not really sure what they were trying to convey here, but like when he's in Bella's lab, he's like, ah, oh, call me maybe. Ah, oh, music, I've never heard of like this before. <laughs> Hey, this is this Madam Web's crazy. And then a while, Jackson's like, oh my god, check out this new video game, it's so cool! And he's like, oh, video, like, light, Sally Avru? <laughs> yeah, Wahoo Jackson is Sally Avru. <laughs> <laughs> like an overactive hyper kid, but sure, you know, you, you can do something. They've got They've got Wii controllers in their hands, have you noticed this? For some reason, the, the video game that they're talking about, like, it looks like they're playing Tetris, but he's like, no, exactly. and you'll fight the final boss, and I'm like... This is not corresponding with the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's trying different things, and he's um the the cures that he's trying on himself because he's trying to turn himself back into the lizard. It it just keeps on making him regrow his arms, so he keeps on hacking it off, so no one knows the difference. But Carly Cooper, ever the observant, you know, Burger King detective. I guess we'll call. Carly Cooper, the Burger King detective. I love it. Something's wrong here. You have the wrong arm cut off. And he's like, oh, cripes, the jig is up. I released the lizard people. And then, you know, um, if we all had fun in Spider Island hashtag, when everyone turned into giant spiders, the whole staff of, not the whole staff, but most of the staff of Horizon Labs from Max Modell, uh, Bella, What's-Her-Face, Grady Scraps, and all of these other characters who we've come to know and love since the start of Big Time have all been lizards. So that's the, that's the little, that's the summary. This, this Real quick, when he cuts the arm off, why is there no blood? I hit the lightsaber, lightsaber cauterizes. Yeah, he gets, he gets his lightsaber out and slashes the arm off. Is it, is it like a Luke Skywalker arm? What is the deal? He, he fed Morbius. I don't know. It's I got it's, it's it's comic book science. I I don't really need like an over amount of blood. Like to be honest, the last issue when you see Billy's corpse in the freezer, that was a bit like okay, wow, this is well, you know. You know the, okay. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. I I forgot we were operating under this new don't interrupt format. Uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, here, what were you, no, go ahead, Jerry. What until it's my turn. Well, what I was going to say was, uh, as far as comic book science, I don't expect a whole lot of explanation from my comic book science. You know, I I don't really expect to know what the chemical composition of the Goblin formula is per se. But when someone cuts off their arms, you know, it's kind of like uh, I'd like to see a little bit more elaboration. Why one, either this guy's not bleeding, or two, why he's not going. You know, and then, you know, even if it cauterizes, I mean, because he is having, even if you say that, well, he's a lizard and he's used to pieces of his body falling off, you know, it's like, well, but he's experiencing human sensations now, so wouldn't he experience pain? He he loves Doritos. He can feel that, but he can't feel him burning his own arm off. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like comic book science is one thing, but, you know, when you see somebody, you know, cut their arm off and, and, you know, like they're cutting a uh, slice of bread... Eh, that kind of begs an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yep. Uh, it's it's almost parody at this point, uh, like in part three of this of yeah part three of this storyline that like Spider Man is just like beating up Morbius like anytime there's like a down moment because like in the first part he's like oh my god Morbius says Billy beat you up and then the last part granted he was biting Sajani he's beating her up this whole issue it's not a fight it's a beating like Morbius bites Spider Man at one point but otherwise. I, it doesn't look like Morbius gets any hits in. It's just like 20 pages of Spider-Man beating him, and I'm like, web him up and take him to the police now. Okay, web him up and yeah. take him to the police. It, like, it, it's like those How It Should Have Ended videos where it's just like parodies of like all like the points of these movies. I imagine like for this, it would just have like everyone randomly standing around and then Spider-Man looking at Morbius and just beating on him for no reason. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, there's reason in the story, but it's like... Dang, I I feel bad for Kevin almost. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like this issue. I like where the story is going, minus the whole everyone being lizard people. I felt like I kind of groaned when I saw that. Like oh, we just did hashtag, and then you know not to get into the next issue, but like mm. joke about the next issue. Like we're gonna have a softball game with the people who turn into spiders and the people who turn into lizards. Yeah. Oh man. I I remember that line. Yeah. Hmm. All right, what's your grade, Josh? What do you think? Uh, I'd once again give this one a B, because despite the you know problems with the stuff, the overall story is one that I'm enjoying reading. And yeah. Problems are just problems that are, you know, like, they're on the page, but it doesn't really detract from the overall story. Right. Pros for this issue, anybody? I'll go. I'll, um, oh, go ahead. Just real quick, I like that... Uh, the li- even though the science didn't really make sense, the lizard hacking off his limbs because they kept regrowing, even though that's what Kirk Connors has been trying to do for years, was kind of cool. I kind of like that. Yeah. And the fact that I he agree. accidentally hacked off the wrong limb once, and that's how he got <laughs> caught, was just good to me. Um, and also just, uh, see, even though some of it was pretty cheesy, um, the fact that the lizard is sort of enjoying humanity is, is also an interesting story. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, we say the lizard is this one-dimensional character, and he, for the most part, is, especially when we're just talking about the lizard persona. He's the, just that personality is probably the most, like, one-dimensional, like, villain Spider-Man has. Um, but, like, in this one, you know, I mean, for as silly as it is that, like, you know, he's so attached to humanity because, you know, he played Tetris, he ate Doritos, and he heard Call Me Maybe. Like, at least, you know, there is some sort of internal conflict going on. You know, he has, he's of two minds. He's he's found a way to turn himself back into a lizard, but he doesn't know if he wants to. So, you know, there there is uh, different um, dimensions to him. There, there's at least, like, two forces within him struggling to see what his choice is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't want to say that this is such like the greatest Shakespearean tragedy ever. You know, it's, it's a good enough like character internal conflict. And that's more than I think I've ever seen with the, the lizard himself. So I like that aspect of the story. Yeah, I'd agree. Any other pros? All right. How about cons? I got cons. All right. Hit me with some cons, Kev. Um, call me maybe. Seriously. <laughs> Really? Hey, After, I just met didn't you. He, didn't he defeat uh, the new Hobgoblin with Lady Gaga in the Big Time story or something? Something um, like that. I'm, this is this is a bad pattern now. Uh, and the other thing okay. is just another dialogue piece. I would like to quote you a line from Spider-Man right now when talking to Madam Web. 
The right. Doy. <laughs> I don't mind that. Yeah. That's the line. Spider Man says doy. the phrase "da doy." Blow me. Move on. <laughs> what 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 was the setup to the da doy? You're in grave danger. He's like da doy. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Da doy. Any other cons? I want to see like the um, job application or like in the classified ads that says "wanted." Somebody try try to try to attack a fat man and get their ass kicked. Because, like, Kingpin always has these guys who are, like, their only job is to, like, try and kill him in his training dojo, and he just, like, murders them every time. Like, what are the benefits of that job? Uh, and the, the, the he whaps them, yeah. And this goes back, like, he always has these guys. And, um, He's been doing that for 40 years, whooping, whooping guys' asses like that, training. Oh, yeah, and, and my real con, that was just a joke, but my real con is that I think I must agree that Madam Web is like a little bit it's a little bit too much padding for this uh arc which you know like this is the lizard becomes a human and eats doritos is like a four part you know spectacular when you know I, I you know I think if you could have taken some of this stuff out like Madam Web that doesn't really add anything maybe you could have given the lizard some more uh substantial reasons to be you know attached to his humanity JR, anything that ticked you off in this book? Well, I, I was thinking, actually, going following along, the, uh, picking up Chris's uh, line of thought, I kind of thought this whole issue was almost unnecessary when you think about it, because, you know, the last issue we had Spider-Man beating up Morbius, you know? This issue, we have Spider-Man beating up Morbius, you know, and, uh, you know, the, and the lizard thinking evil thoughts. And it's like, well, why do we need two issues of the same thing? You know, couldn't we have just had, you know, all this done in the previous issue and, you know, and then the next issue be where Spider-Man goes to Horizon. And so the whole issue kind of seemed unnecessary. And, and I, always, I, I don't want to keep beating the Madam Web thing to death, but I keep thinking, you know, what if this was like, you know, she kept appearing to, like, other characters. Like, say she kept appearing to Norman Osborn. You know, Norman's sitting there watching TV, you know, and Madam Web says, Norman, you haven't done anything evil in a while. You need to do go so, do something evil. You know, and Norman says, well, what? Well, go throw a blonde off a bridge, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, there's like, you know. I mean, it's she has to tell the character what to do. She has to point the character in the right direction and tell yeah. Spider-Man where to go and where to be and what to do and what he's going to find and what he shouldn't do. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't, in a story, shouldn't the, be character, shouldn't the character be going through that and deciding it for himself instead of having this, this other character telling him all this? And it's like, if this were a story in creative writing, I mean, again, you know, yep. kind of like, uh, like one more day, you know, you'd give it an F. It's like, you know, you're you're absolutely gutting your main protagonist by having him directed by this third party. It's almost anyway. as though Thought wrote a video game about Spider-Man following Madame Web's orders, but that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, anything you hated? Uh, I I did that. I I was the actually. Can I go? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Because uh, I I at the end of the day I didn't dislike this issue, but I had a lot of cons, which makes me sound like I just I just lied. Um. I like 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 you guys are saying like with the whole lizard thing. I like the idea of it, but the execution is really corny to me. Like he not only does he listen to a pop song, but he listens to like the most overplayed pop song of the summer. Um, he eats <laughs> Doritos and like he's like you know processed foods, trans fat, e excessive salt. This is most pleasurable. And it's like I mean to me, I'm thinking I know the lizard is mainly you know the, in his lizard body with the scales and stuff, but I don't think he's so unfamiliar with human sensibilities that like. Maybe maybe this is just me, but like just the existence of certain like foods and how they respond to the human body and, and music like that, it felt kind of it 
felt like it, it, it. I don't know. It was it was a little too easy to be written in. Um, okay. The uh, as I mentioned, like like the Carly Cooper thing is a, a prime example of something that like Carly Cooper haters would just point and say, "See, this is why they're wanting her to marry Peter and all that stuff." But I, I actually liked that uh, she figured <laughs> out the arm thing. But uh, it kind of led into this whole setup about all the lizards attacking Horizon Labs, which has a pathetic payoff in the next issue. But that's the next issue. So that's mainly my thoughts. Gotcha. All right, around the horn, uh, Josh, what was your grade on that one? I gave it a B. Okay, Chris? I will give it a B, as in Boston and Ball, minus. Or Bill. <laughs> or or I Bill! Want, I just don't want to, if I'm coming out on Clearly, I don't want people to think that I hate these No, things, no, you did great, you did great. Yeah. JR, grade? Uh, C, as in Chicago or Cabbage. <laughs> Kevin? C, as in kind of crappy. <laughs> Actually, okay. that would be a K. It's a KC. I added the K, okay? The last one's a C. Kentucky it's chicken. Crap, you know? And it's crap. probably too harsh, okay? Not, oh, not my. Kevin prison-ass Cushing anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm being fair. Okay, Donovan. <laughs> Kevin for Carly Cooper. And Kurt Connors. Oh, and no, no, I'm sorry. A C. C for Kevin Carly Cooper. Good Lord, I'm out. I thought, I I thought it was Kevin. I'll give I'll give it a C also. I don't I I don't know. Uh, we're wrapping up the storyline. Six ninety one, same team, beautiful looking cover with the lizard's eye. The lizard undergoes a different kind of metamorphosis. He has a new look in this one as he evolves. Uh, Chris, you got this one. Okay, I'll just um, try and go through. I just sort of have bullet points too. Like it's perfect. Basically, I think you know, as I alluded to in the last review, there is a character arc of the lizard here, and the sort of conclusion is that he is forced, in in a sort of a weak way, um, to choose to be the lizard because I guess he doesn't want Spider-Man to catch him, and uh, so now I guess his his new motivation to lash out in this issue is that he was forced to give up his humanity when he loved it because now he'll never be able to hear "Call Me Maybe" again, or or taste like if they if they make an even an even cooler ranch Doritos. Like, he'll never be able to taste those. So now he's trying to kill everybody. Um, and I, I think, like, you know, I don't know if, like, that change in motivation really affects the lizard's behavior at all, but at least it is sort of a character change for the lizard. I just wish, you know, that it was just a stronger build-up to it because of, you know, we keep bringing back, or we keep making fun of, like, all these human experiences that he had. Maybe the best thing would it to do would be instead of making this an arc, put the Connors at Horizons and making that into a subplot that goes on while Spider-Man's doing something else. And then you could sort of like maybe he could do maybe he could fall in love or something or something less cliched and and have a real reason to be angry that he's a lizard again because like between eating Doritos and being like an immortal regenerating lizard god, like you know it doesn't. I'm not convinced that he really lost anything that great. Um, speaking of Billy's corpse, now he, uh, instead of, you know, seeing Billy and giving up fighting, he just hallucinates Billy. Uh, so hopefully Spider-Man <laughs> stabbed that part of his brain out. Um, <laughs> the, lizard has, nice. the lizard has a new body, and I'm like, what? Didn't we just do this already? Eh. Yeah. And like, yeah. um, that almost sounded like Josh. <laughs> I know, that was a good Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now it's Connor's stuck in the lizard's body. Eh, who cares? Um, <laughs> he, uh, 
here is that Roderick Kingsley is alive. It was his brother Daniel who was killed. Um, and now I guess he's, he's like a drug cartel. He's the devil spider. For no like reason. Spider like. That's random. He looks like um, tarantula. Oh, he looks exactly like tarantula. Yeah. It's kind of cool how he's like rocking that beard under his half mask. Oh yeah, man. He's like, you know, he hasn't struck fear into the hearts of like these rival gangs enough. Like at least now they know he's like an old man. Um, <laughs> that causes them to underestimate him. Who knows? But you know, overall, I think this was an interesting story. Um, but like. I don't want to keep belaboring the reasons why it fell short, so I'll just go ahead and give the last part a B. Thought it was okay. Uh, let's go around for pros. I have to say, I thought it was funny with Grady, Scraps, and Bella making out as lizards. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, uh, and then they had to meet up at the end. We had strange lizard sex. <laughs> okay, there's my pro. Any other pros? <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Go ahead, Don. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go fast. Um, I liked that. I like the. I did like the ending because I thought the idea of Connor's and Lizard's body and Lizard and Connor's body was fresh enough. Where I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes now. Um, I like that Spider-Man. You know, he didn't know whether he was going to kill the Lizard or not, so he said, "Okay, you know, whatever happens, I got to save these people. I just got to see this and hope it works out for the best." So he was kind of confronted with this whole don't kill anybody thing, and it worked out in his favor, but he at least took a chance to do the better, the better good. And I also liked, he at this point, he's so, like, you know, like, bad guys suck at this point that he just walks by Morbius, who just wants to know if St. Johnny is still alive. He's like, you know, I don't care. These men are nothing to me. I, re- I really do like that. Those are my pros. Yeah. I like Roderick Kingley's back. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. That, that, is, that is a pro, too. That's actually what made the issue. Yeah, me too. Kev, you're starting off. Go ahead. Yeah, um, obviously, Roderick Kingsley being back is a huge pro, although I find it interesting that he now looks uh, like DC's Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. Um, just not to be confused with Wade Wilson. Exactly. He's just rocking that look. So I'm not sure if Roderick's really back or if it's just Deathstroke pretending to be him. Um, I like the switch with the lizard at the end. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting too. if it's followed up somewhere. I, I also... I. I will go ahead and say now, because I'm never going to use the story now, this is so similar to something I was going to do with the lizard in Crawl Space when I was making those plans. Um, I'm actually really surprised me and Dan Slott had such similar ideas. They did it again with you. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Uh, JR, any pros? Well, you know, obviously Kingsley being back, uh, never thought he was really dead anyway, but it's good to see that confirmed. Uh, like Don, I agree. I like the, the two panels where Spider-Man walks by the crooks and says, you know, these guys are just SOBs, screw them all. You know, I mean, I, I like Spider-Man to be a little more compassionate than me and understanding than me, but there comes a point in time where he becomes a sucker, you know, and if you start feeling sorry for all these guys all the time, then you're not, you're a sucker. And I'm, I'm glad to see him finally take that edge that, you know, these guys aren't worthy of any of my sympathy. Um, I don't know how I feel about Connor's getting the lizard brain or the, the lizard getting Connor's brain now. Cause like I said before, when the when the con, when the lizard killed Billy, that to me that should have been the end of the lizard and Kirk Connors. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Uh, and this just seems like yet another, you know. Oh well, we're running out of things to do. Oh yeah, let's do this. Let's put Connor's brain in the lizard's body and let's see where we can go with this one. So yeah. it ended kind of flat with me. Josh, last pro. What do you think? 
I really like that part where Spider-Man is walking past Morbius, and Morbius is asking how Sajani's uh, doing, and Spider-Man just, like, he's, like Don said, he he's had enough of that. But, like, the pain in Morbius's face, and, like, reading the comic, I could almost hear, like, the desperation in his voice. Please, I just want to know. Uh, I thought that there was a lot of emotional depth to that scene uh, from both Spider-Man's end and Morbius's end, which, uh, yeah. and it was subtle. From a damn slot scene? Never thought we'd see the day. <laughs> you, you can't, wow. but I've cocked my head as I said that with like one eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit cons. Go. If, um, okay, when, when, when this whole Kingsley thing happened, people were saying, well, you know, you can obviously say that it's just his twin brother, and I feel like um, there there's still a lot that we don't know about this, but when Mysterio came back, you know, Dan Slott didn't address how he killed himself in front of Daredevil. He said, come on, guys, the Master of Illusion killed himself. And I feel like we're getting, like, the same thing here. Oh, come on, guys, it was obviously his twin brother. Problem with that is, when the Hobgoblin who was in that issue died, he had super strength, and he and he ripped open a, do- a steel door. So did Kingsley give his brother the super soldier form? Not super soldier, uh, the... Uh, the yeah, goblin, goblin serum. Yeah, he did because he wants him to be the new hobgoblin. Well, he says that, but it's like we just have that to go by. Like last time we saw Daniel Kingsley, number one, Daniel Kingsley is a little like you know wuss of a man, like who who would pee in his pants at the sight of any goblin glider, who would like he he's like the lawyer from Jurassic Park that like hid in the toilet. It's <laughs> um, he was in the witness protection program because he did not want to deal with any of his brother's goblin shenanigans. He pulls a gun on his brother um, in Hobgoblin Lives, like while he's sweating because he doesn't want his brother to kill Betty Brant, the bastard, and just, <laughs> like so all of a sudden and in that issue. He's this confident cock of the walk hobgoblin, you know, pushing around um, Phil Yurt before Phil Yurt takes his head off. So, how did Daniel Kingsley get the goblin formula? Why is he acting like he's cock of the walk now instead of a little wisp man? Why is he obeying his brother's orders when he didn't never wanted to do any of this? Why, why, why are we going to get answers to these questions? Maybe we will because the story's not over yet. But knowing Dan Slott, he'll probably just say, oh, come on, it's his twin brother. I mean, you could say that maybe Daniel was, like, the Winkler machine was be used on him. Or, uh, you remember that machine that he used to yeah, brainwash the Winkler man? device. Winkler device, yeah. So maybe... <laughs> when was that? What issue? What were we talking about? Well, it... it uh, that, that goes back to the brainwasher storyline from the 60s, uh, uh, because mm. they used it on Captain Stacy. And when um, they had to say that Ned was never the Hobgoblin, they on that, like, Ned just got dosed with the machine a bunch of times. And I, poor Ned, I just picture him saying, my friends will know that something's wrong with me, and they never did. And yeah. Died. So there's a lot of questions about that Hobgoblin thing. It's uh, So we'll we'll see what happens. It got your interest. Chris, what were you going to say? Yeah, I had, a, I had a con that I forgot to add into my review, but speaking of, like, pointless, and I think Bertoni touched on this a little bit when we talked about the last review, but this sort of joke that kicks off this issue about how all, like, the lizard people are actually docile because lizards uh-huh. don't really attack humans, apparently, um, mm-hmm. kind of makes all that buildup from the last issue pretty pointless because we just spent a whole issue of Kurt Connors turning everybody into lizards, and the big cliffhanger is like, oh, now there are lizards everywhere. But, you know, of course it ends... It, the next issue starts on this cute joke where there, it's not even really a problem. So 
you know, that just goes along with the theme of that last issue. In the in the they context just, of the arc, it had a very ju- little bit of a point. They just want a mate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Don, one last con. Oh, that was one. But uh, but also, uh, as much as you know, I, I do like I like Roderick Kingsley back. But unfortunately, because this is a dance like comic, there's going to be some unfortunate dialogue where characters say things that like is bloody obvious to anybody who is not a reader. So or you know, like a, a new reader, I should say. He's like, you know, yes, your brother Daniel Kingsley. He's been dead for some time. Okay, think about that. You know, it's your brother Daniel Kingsley. You know, your brother, whose name Daniel Kingsley, the last name that you have. I really don't like that. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> if someone said to me, and he's not going to hear this, so you want to worry about, you know, Donovan, your brother, Denmark Grant, he's dead. Like, I'd be like, are you sure it's my only brother, Denmark Grant, who's dead? Like, I wouldn't be saying his full name. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when, when we write, at least in broadcast style, um, or hell, I, I guess this could be it for anything. We, it's recommended to read it out loud to yourself and see if it sounds right. That's how you do and, that, too. and that type of conversation doesn't sound right when you, it's not conversational. I know that's a piece of advice I hear for comic book writers all the time, and Garth Ennis is specifically pointed to as somebody that always makes sure he hears his scripts out loud. And he, you know, oh. it's apparently not something people do for comic books a lot, but it's it's very important. Yeah, it needs to sound like you're talking like we are now. When you read it, you it, it should. You should read it as you are listening in on a conversation. I think you're right, Brad Douglas. Now I'm picturing like Dan Slott. Thank you, Donovan. I'm picturing Brad. That is exactly you're proving my point. Now Chris has a question. Yeah. Who is the reviewer of the Venom title on the front there page? You go. <laughs> go, Chris. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just gonna say like uh, I, I pictured. Now I just can't stop imagining Dan Slott sitting alone in his apartment, going, "Da doy." Like just <laughs> all the time. Uh, um, well, let's go around the horn for grades. Uh, let's see, Chris, what was your grade on this one again? It was a B. Uh, Josh, C minus. It's uh, Jr. Not strong. Um, What's your grade? Jr.? I gave uh, I gave this a C, but I, I do want to just make one point to a slight yep. counterpoint to Josh's comment about. You know, slot bringing back Mysterio with no explanation. Um, I agree with the half that if you're if you're the one that sets up something and doesn't make it pay off, that's your fault. But you know, in the case of Mysterio, that was another author screw up that everybody else agrees was a colossal screw up. So that one I don't mind being ignored. <laughs> Kevin, your grade? Uh, give it a B minus. B isn't better than the last two issues. Okay, Donovan, give me a grade and make a make a sentence out of what the word's about. <laughs> uh, well, I give it a B minus. Minus means negative, which is detracting from the original B, which is the second letter in the alphabet of 26 letters, and that's B minus. You and your slot talk. Uh, I'll <laughs> give it a B also. Uh, all right, this is what you've been waiting for, gang. Oh, yes. Amazing Spider-Man 692. If you didn't go through Mail Order Comics, you paid $6 for this book. Like a sucker. Uh Uh, The world's greatest superhero, a 50-year celebration by Mr. Slot and Mr. Ramos. And in this issue, we are introduced to Alpha. It's called Part 1, Point of Origin. We also have some backup stories in this we'll hit, too. Uh, And I thought on our 50th anniversary issue, why don't we have our oldest historian on the panel (laughs) tackle this one, J.R.? What do you think of 692? Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, 
I'm I'm just gonna confine myself to the the main story here. Um, but uh, I guess as a preference, I mean, we're, since we're explaining what happens, basically, you know, there's a high school class that comes to Horizon Labs, and let's uh, and and Peter Parker decides to show him. Uh, you know, or show them this great experiment. He's discovered Parker particles. Uh, this teenage kid gets zapped by it, has these tremendous superpowers, uh, and you know, and but apparently none of the responsibility. Um, you know, you know, and and actually, oh, Peter didn't discover these particles. Uh, Fant- Mr. Fantastic did, but just opted not to tell anybody because it was too dangerous, and so he was taking a chance that nobody, nobody years later would stumble upon them as well. But you know, what are you going to do? Uh, and then since Spider-Man is, uh, you know, being a, a mid-level powered superhero is probably the only person of capable of mentoring an alpha level power threat. Uh, Mr. Fantastic says he's your baby now. Um, and so basically we're, you know, we're leading up to the, and the, the kids getting drunk on his power and, and Oh, guess what? But at the very end, the jackal's going to be appear. So, you know, what else can you say about this one? Um, but here's the thing. The thing is, when I heard Spider-Man was getting a teen sidekick, you know, I mean, I know everybody was going, oh, God, this is going to suck, you know. And But I thought, I don't know. Now, hold on. Wait a minute here. Because, you know, first of all, Spider-Man was the original teenage superhero, you know. And if he winds up with a teenage sidekick, for example, one, you can have a lot of fun with the whole idea, the whole idea that a teenage sidekick to a grown man is actually really pretty creepy, you know. <laughs> and you can have some fun with that. Plus, it can be one of those like a parent with a kid, you know, where you realize that you survived through life not because you were so smart, but just because you didn't get killed by your own stupidity, you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're mentoring someone, and it's, but didn't you do the same thing, Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, but God, don't do that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it, but it, it could be. It could be uh, where Spider-Man is forced to, you know, learn some things about himself or, you know, learning some choices he made and, you know, and it should be a character that he cares about. I mean, to me, if they had done this with Watu, a character he knows knows and likes, you know, then Watu's mistakes could have been a youthful, because Yatu wants to be a hero. Uh, so Yatu's nice. mistakes or Watu, they could have been of, you know, of youth, exuberance, things like that. But this Alpha character, first of all, the name Andy McGuire is just too Alpha. cute. I mean, I like, I mean, I like cuteness. I like Easter eggs. I like, you know, nodge, nodge, wink, wink. Did you see what they did there? You know, I I, I like that stuff. I'm a fanboy (laughs) continuity whore. But, you know, it's like saying, well, this is my friend, you know, who's a big Star Trek fan. His name is Leonard Shatner. You know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) I mean, they could have done something a little cute with it. He could have been McGuire or Andy something. But to me, make him Andy McGuire really is almost so yeah. cute it takes you out of the store. I, I would I, and then I and, and then and, and, and I haven't read six ninety three yet, so you I know, I, in fact I deliberately didn't because I, I have a feeling the story's gonna go in a certain direction and I didn't want to see it confirmed now. But I know that in today, for example, now, if a teenager got superpowers you know, and even like Stan Lee said in the origin of Marvel Comics, if he ever got superpowers he'd never have a secret identity because he's too much of a show off. Um so, you know, yeah, a teenager who got superpowers, what would he do? Yeah, he'd show off, he'd go hit on the girls, he'd go kick around all that the, the football athletes, you know, and he'd sell himself out like a whore and make a lot of money. 
but that's not a very interesting character to read a story about. And, you know, you know where this is going. He's going to have all the power, none of the responsibility. You know, and Peter's going to go, oh, my God, it's my fault. He's got this much power, and he's not responsible, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to pull the plug on him or something. And, uh, you know, it, it's an easy, lazy story to tell. I, I, like I said, I wasn't, I, I wasn't opposed to the idea of a teen sidekick. But this is a lazy story to tell. I'm very disappointed in it. But I, right now I'm giving it an eye for incomplete because I don't know how it's going. But when I see the jackal involved, it's like, oh, God, this can't be good. Yeah, so it's the idea of Uatu being the, so the sidekick is, is so much such a much better idea because we don't know anything about this kid, yet we instantly hate him. Because <laughs> we, we, well, we, we just met him. But uh, if uh, the Awatu thing would have been so much better, Jr. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's very good. What's your grade, Jr.? Well, we, I gave it you an I, incomplete. 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 I'm sorry. Another thing I, I guess I want to mention is yeah. Andy's got parents that are you know self-absorbed, narcissistic, yeah. and disinterested unless he's making them money. You know, and it's like okay, you know, we're not parents are not perfect, and I know that there's a lot of parents out there who are exactly this way. But most of us are just poor slobs trying to do their best, you know. And why, why do we yet to ha- why do we why do we try to explain this kid's behavior? Because oh look, it's not his fault. He's got these la- this, this, these lazy, self-absorbed, narcissistic parents, just like every other teenage kid in the comics, you know. <laughs> That's that gets old. Refresh me, because I'm not I don't remember this correctly. Who are the people standing around the jackal? Are those demutated spiders, or what are those? Have those are clones. Of the Queen. The, the, oh, they're clones of the Queen Spider. Okay, got it. All right, uh, let's do prose. Is there any prose in this book? No, no, I've yes. got no prose. <laughs> I think it's kind of. I think it's kind of funny how Dan Slott uh, writes teenage dialogue. Like when they're talking about the website, they're like, "Hey, have you read these threads? I haven't set up mods for the comment section yet. It's um. pretty <laughs> awkward to read, and it made me laugh." And that's not really a pro, but <laughs> it, it made it made me think of Dan Slott on message boards. Oh, you know what? what? I do have of. one one yeah. single pro. Go ahead. Uh, Let me hear a pro. Somehow I do. Uh, I did like when Spider-Man decides to take it take on Alpha as a partner. Like not basically the scene, but like the the, the moment where he does uh, say, "Now you're getting it." Who's my ludicrously powered jet machine? Yes, you are. I did laugh. I'm sorry. I, I did find that amusing. Yeah. And I cringe. Yeah, it, it's not great, but, but I did personally <laughs> laugh. For, for the most part, I thought Spider-Man was in character like 50% of the time, which isn't good, but that was okay. Yeah. For, Josh, did I you had, say you had a con? No, I had pro. I had pro this is there's there's stuff I actually liked here. Uh, okay, this, I'm having a delay, so sorry. I sound like I talked over you for a second. Um good. Okay. First of all... Um, the scene where Spider-Man's, like, training with him, I like Spider-Man's little, like, things of wisdom. Like, regular guys get regular punches, supervillains get super punches, rule number one, saving lives, rule number two, see rule number one. Like, that was actual, you know, good stuff, and, you know, punch, stuff that you would expect Spider-Man to say, not you know, someone else. Like, it, it sounded more like from Peter's language. And when he goes off to um, fight with the Fantastic Four, in any other book or TV, show when this type of story has been done kid is going to say oh no he's not going to let me sit this one out i'll show him you know that i'm better than they all are 
But this was legitimately Alpha misunderstanding the message that Spider-Man was giving him. And you could see how he would have made that miscommunication in his head, like, oh, he's testing me because of the whole power responsibility thing. I liked that it was that and not just him doing this big, arrogant mistake. Yeah. A pro I had was with the Mary Jane Peter conversation was about how she says, basically, you can't stand the kid because he's doing everything you wanted to do. I, I, I thought that was okay. And I also like the uh, Jameson line, so are they back together? And Aunt May goes, I got no idea. Neither do we. So <laughs> We have an idea. We have an idea. Anyway, uh, cons. Ooh, the cons. Who's got the biggest con of them all? I have, I, I have the biggest number. Hit, hit me with your cons, sir. Okay, and I am going to try not to take too long because I really don't want to hog this show. But, like, I'm not kidding. I read this book, again, and I, I'll preface this. I was very interested in this story. I didn't have bad, mm-hmm. bad feelings going in the story, but I read this book, and every page annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm, I'm, that's not hyperbole. Um, of course, you know, we're going to get the Mace Man 15 uh, uh, references, but, you know, we're told about this alpha character. That we're saying that his parents are supposed to be excusing his, his annoying personality, but I don't think Slot wrote them in a way which I thought they were supposed to be so bad. They, I mean – I don't know, maybe this is just me, but, like, the way they were written, it's just like they were busy with other things. They didn't seem like they neglected their son. We're told that they are, but in that one panel, it just seemed like he was just too sleepy to really care what was going on while he was eating his, his box of Ditko's. Um, he's jealous of this new kid who's not a bad Wait guy. Wait a minute, his box of Ditko's? What? His cereal's called Did Ditko's. I miss that? His cereal's called Ditko's. Oh, I'm going to go look at that. Go ahead. I'm going to go um, look at that. That's neat. Like, he, he's mad at the the football guy, who's a new kid, but the football guy's not Flash Thompson. He's not doing anything wrong, but he's, oh. like, he's just jealous of this new kid who has a girlfriend. He's like, this jerk, this guy who plays football, that makes him a jerk. Like, I don't like the fact that um, Horizon Labs has had so many crises in the past, like, month, <laughs> and yet they allow school children to go into a science exhibit, which, <laughs> which, of course, goes wrong. Why does it go wrong? Because Peter's, it's, it's his fault. No, it's not Peter's fault. Tiberius Stone effed with it. And, and, like, no one investigates it. No one says, why did this happen? They just assume, well, it's obviously Peter's fault because that's his catchphrase. No reason at all. Rich, Reed Richards tells Peter that uh, he's his responsibility, even though he's a gigantic threat. He's an alpha-level threat. That means he's the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. Peter, you take care of him. I'm going to go scratch my ass. I didn't like the fact that... Um, <laughs> and I can stretch my fingers very long and, you know... Uh, scratch my ass, yeah. I just, I, I, the basic problem with Alpha, I don't mind him so much after he gets his powers, like when he's like kissing his crush and stuff. But to me, it does kind of feel like Dan Slott's having a little bit of a, of a Gary Stu wish fulfillment thing because he is such a non-entity of a character. We don't know much of his, his personality. We just know that he's an, um, an empty slate. And that empty slate, and, and you know, when we see him do stuff, he's outwardly annoying. And I know that he's supposed to be annoying, but he's so annoying that like we don't get, get under the fact that Spider-Man needs to train him. Or that he needs to become a better hero. We're just watching a very irritating character just just yeah. bandy about, and that honestly just it really kind of like like irritates me. Especially with this is supposed to be like the 50th anniversary issue, and we get an issue that pisses me off. Yeah, go ahead, everybody else. The uh, also something we didn't mention about I, I, sidekicks generally make the hero look old. I mean, or older, and we've we've just gone through this matter of marriage makes him look older. So let's reboot him and and uh, I, mind wipe him. I disagree. What do you think with, of that? I disagree with that that thesis entirely. I don't care if Stan Lee says marriage makes Spider-Man look older. I disagree with that. So him having a sidekick doesn't really. I don't see Spider-Man as a middle-aged Batman age character, but 
him having a psychic is a fresh enough idea that I can roll with it. I don't care if it makes him a few years older, but the story they were telling, first of all, was very lazy. Second of all, it was just yeah. like, I guess it's supposed to be like a Jason Todd analog where you're like, you don't like this guy, but the story is not, the story is not fresh enough for us to be vaguely interested. We're just watching a series of events go by and being irritated by the actions of the characters. Reed Richards, Spider-Man, Alpha, they're all annoying. And it's just, I don't want to read this for a 50th anniversary. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a, uh, opposed to him being older. I'm just saying that the current management is opposed to being older, and this is against of what they want. Yeah, they are, they are uh, picking and choosing. They absolutely are. That's what, and that's yeah. the pro- that's, that is an uh, inherent problem with the, the current regime. My, my opinion, you know, solely, you know, this isn't like, you know, people can dispute this if they want, but like, one of the several problems with the current Spider-Man regime is that they say things and do another just to fit whatever they like to do, as, as you know, as, as opposed to setting hard, fast rules for Spider-Man and then abiding by them. Right. Any other cons? Um, Six bucks for the book. Mine are very just generalized. Um, basically, the way I was looking at this book, it had two objectives. Uh, because of the way it set itself up. The first objective is obviously to be a compelling issue worthy of being the 50th anniversary issue. And since they decided to introduce Alpha, then they also gave themselves the objective to introduce a new character important enough and worthy and interesting enough to be introduced in the 50th anniversary issue. And in my opinion, they failed on both counts. Mm-hmm. For all the reasons we're already talking about. Oh. JR, we already had JR. I'm sorry, well, Chris. Well, I, mean, I wanted to say one more thing, but actually Chris okay. said he wanted to go after Kevin, so. Yeah, I'll just be real quick, because uh, I'm just going to add my voice to the chorus saying that this kid isn't a really good character. Like, before he gets his powers, it's just sort of shoved in our face how mediocre he is. Like, they say, you know, he has straight C's, he doesn't do anything. Like, he's not just bland because he's a blank slate. He's bland because they actively say, you know... He's not good at anything. He's not particularly bad. He's just there. And I think that's even a verbatim quote, sort of. Um, And then after he gets his powers, he's just this douche brat that, like, I'm not not worried that, you know, we're going to age the character by giving him a sidekick. Because I don't think – I think this character is either set up to – whatever is going on in this story, I don't think this character is lasting. Because we're not – clearly not even supposed to like him. So – you know, um, Here, here's the question: Are they going to turn him into a villain, or are they going to turn him into a martyr? I could see him, him sort of. I don't know how many of you read DC, but I could sort of see him as like a Superboy Prime type villain who's like a sniveling brat, but he's so much more powerful than everybody else that he's still a threat. Um, but still, he's just a. I hate to use the word objectively when I'm giving my opinion, but he's an objectively less interesting character than that. He's an objectively less interesting character than Damian Wayne, who's my go-to comparison when you're talking about a sidekick who could go down the wrong path, but the hero's trying to make him right. Um, he's just dull and a jackass. Yeah. I hate him. For Tony, cons? Okay. First of all, remember how when, you know, when, when they do that little see this issue blurb, it would be like, the Hulk would be like, oh, after my last battle with the leader, it's like, see this last issue of Marvel team up, or see, or with Spider-Man, it's like, after my running with, you know, the Avengers, see, you know, this month's Avengers. It's usually something significant. Peter is having dinner with Aunt May. She's like, okay, see you later. See Avenging Spider-Man to see what happens when you <laughs> Like, yeah. really? That was, uh, 
Uh, that was called at, that was called product placement. Oh, Carl, we need people to buy this book. That's that's almost going to be canceled. And the most interesting thing that they can say about it is Peter's going to see Aunt May. You're going to want to yeah. buy this. Like, no. and one of my uh, cons is actually your pro, Brad. What's that? Peter's like uh, Peter's talking to Mary Jane, and he's like this guy Alpha, who like you know is like so powerful that he can like blow up the whole planet. He sure is abusing his powers and using it to knock people around. This could potentially be a really dangerous situation that could destroy us all. Oh, you're just jealous. Mary Jane like blows the whole thing off. Like, no, this is an Alpha level threat, and this kid is like not locked up in a facility. He's beating up quarterbacks and. Could- Mary Mary Jane lives in a world where she's been turned into a spider, so she's kind of like whatever. This happens. This, I call this Thursday. <laughs> Alpha's so, supposed to be like the most powerful character Reed Richards has ever encountered. Mary Jane can see through the the slot talk. You know, <laughs> well, I, I mean, can. Mary Jane knows this is this is going to be wrapped up in a couple issues. <laughs> so seriously, but, but Chris is right though. I, this is supposed to be like the most dangerous guy, and says, you know, Spider-Man, you take him because it's your responsibility. Your fault. Your fault. Dope, your dope, fault. Yeah. That's, that's a, a that would have been a perfect place for to use the sound effect. Chris, what's the Spider-Man new sound effect? The uh, the doy. There you go. I that would have worked I think perfectly. It was Kevin or somebody who brought that up. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm I don't sorry, care. that was you. The doy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was credited with Skittles the penny hooker earlier, so we're just switching. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Let's go around the no. horn for grades. No, wait, 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 uh, I'm, not, I'm not done. I got. I got. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Cons, I got cons up my wazoo's. The <laughs> uh, doy. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make your new character be widely hated? You have to introduce this character off the bat and compare him to like all these other established strong characters. And the Henry Richards say, "Why he's more powerful than the Hulk and all these other people? He's the first alpha level threat." More um, powerful I'm, than the Phoenix. Let's yeah. remember. Oh, yeah. And that continues next issue, but we're not talking about next issue yet. And I said to Brad on the, I, I think it was Brad on the phone last night. I said it's like when you're playing on the playground and you're little kids and you like make up a character and you're like, my guy is more stronger than Darth Vader and uh, Superman, and he can get shot a hundred times without dying. It's it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're supposed to care about this character because we're told he's more powerful than everyone else. And by the way, if we needed proof that Slot does not get human relationships. A teenage boy has a girl in his bed, but he leaves the bedroom because he gets mad about something that he saw on the internet. You got a girl, <laughs> dude. Get back at your teenager. What, 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 wow! Wow! You. Do your duty. I, I could say I could say some personal things, but I'm not going to about that <laughs> scenario. Uh, okay. gr- round the horn grades. Uh, Jr. was an incomplete. Kevin, you're a what? Uh, D minus. That's D is in dog. Sure, it's not Dodoy? <laughs> yeah, that'd be double D's. Double hey, hey. Uh, Donov- Donovan. <laughs> what's your What's your grade, sir? D as in D minus, as in Donovan dislikes this dipshit. <laughs> Chris, Chris, your grade as in what? D. As in D. <laughs> Josh, your grade as in. I'd say uh, C plus. I I did not hate this issue as much as everyone else did. It was the next one that got that. Oh. As in what? S- C- oh, uh, 
A C as in Cushing, as in the upcoming column on Crawl Space, the Cushing critique. <laughs> uh-huh. I will give it a D as in Douglas is moving on. Uh, any any mention of the backups? I absolutely hated them. I absolutely hated both. I read a few boring to talk about. They were very very boring, etc. Really innocuous in general. I thought. I, I did too. Better. They were not worthy of. Uh, six bucks and the fiftieth anniversary. If you want to write in a positive view for Spider-Man Crawl Space, then go to iTunes and, and, oh, and yeah. say how much you enjoyed it. And we'll wrap up the episode right about there. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Venom number 27. And this one, Venom teams up with the Scarlet Spider and the Micronauts to save the universe. Now, the cover prize is $2.99. Mail order has it for just $1.85, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Spider-Man Crawl Space.com.